Are you ready to be stirred and receive an impartation of faith to move forward into all that God has purposed for your life? Welcome to the Stirring of the Waters podcast. I am your host, Elaine Haynes. I will be sharing what the Lord has given me through the anointing of the Holy Spirit on the Logos and Rhema words of God. Welcome to Stirring of the Waters. This is episode number two, Arise, Be Aligned. To the reality of your position in Christ today. I'm going to pray us in. Father God, I pray the Holy Spirit, you illuminate and stir up the truth that every listener who is born again by the Spirit of the living God, stir them up to the truth that they are a new creature, seated with Christ in heavenly places, to rise into that place of authority that has been given positionally and bring your kingdom to the earth in their lives today. Let them be aligned to your intent and design and be empowered to rise in faith. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So in the Hebraic beginning of this new year, September 2021, as I sought the Lord, the word that I heard for the year, and it includes 2022, the Gregorian calendar, is a year of awakening, arising, and advancing. Now he brought to my mind Ephesians 5, 14 through 17, wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And I'll tell you, he's been speaking that section of scripture to me for over 20 years, off and on and emphasizing different parts. But now it is even more imperative. Clearly, we can see that the days are evil, and it is time to arise into your new identity in Christ Jesus to bring his kingdom to the earth through him, through his authority, through your life. That's his desire. That's how the early church started, and that's how it's going to continue. And last week, I spoke on the awakening portion of it, there was one noteworthy scripture that he had given me that I didn't mention. Awake up my glory, awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. And that's Psalm 57, 8, which to me is very significant because the Hebraic year that we're in is 5, 7, 8, 2. So the fact that he spoke that scripture to me before I even recognized um, this beauty of it, which is the awake in that verse is actually to be stirred, to awaken in that, that stirring that we've been talking about, that that why I'm doing this whole podcast is so that you be stirred. So we're wakening up the glory of Christ within you. You're the light of the world. There's no more hiding. We don't have time to hide. We don't have time. It's time to step into the fullness of who Christ in you is and what he wants to do through you. In John 17, Jesus says he prayed to the Father, and he told the Father that he's given us his glory. It's time to let his glory be seen. I'll tell you the truth, this has been something I've struggled with over the years when I when he first began to show this to me because I don't like attention. As I mentioned in episode one, you know, because of things I'd been through as a child, I was fearful of being shamed, of being mocked, being told I was crazy. And not only that, but because of the great sin from which he delivered me, there was that in true humility, who am I to be a carrier of his glory? I truly, I feel like Paul, the chiefest of sinners, to be honest with you. But the reality is, 
1 Corinthians 1, 27-31, But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that, according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So I don't care what you've, what you've come out of. I don't care who you are um, in the flesh, who you, what your upbringing has been. None of it matters. You're a new creature. He's given us his glory, and God has chosen you. If you're listening, I'm telling you, he has chosen you to bring forth his kingdom to the earth. And I'm going to give you another verse, and I'll tell you what. And if you're still struggling with that, that thought of glory, and I'm telling you, you need to like go back and read over these scriptures, because, I mean, I have studied them until I'm convinced that this is the truth, that he wants his glory to be seen and known through us, so that Jesus will be made known, that he will receive the worth and the honor and the glory that is his alone. So in Romans 8, 30, I want to make note before I read it. To take, take note, clearly, this is past tense, the way it's written. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, past tense, them he also called. Whom he called, them he also justified. It doesn't say will justify. It doesn't say will call. It doesn't say will predestinate which wouldn't even make sense because pre means already done. But then he also justified, and whom he justified, then he also glorified. That's past tense. You're already glorified. You're already seated with Christ in heavenly places. So what shall we then say to these things? That's verse 31. If God be for us, who can be against us? So I'm going to recap. Last week we talked about awaking from sleep. This was one of the points, waking, what, what does that mean? lethargy because you're you're awake like right now you're listening to me but perhaps you're in a spiritual slumber not really seeing what's going on spiritually place of lethargy a place of complacency you're satisfied with the status quo in your life a place of awaking out of worldliness because we're in the world but we're not of it but the world gets in it in us we have to take care to wash those things off of us to continue to be aligned to the truth of who god says that we are a place of awaking out of religious works and moving into um, the realm of the Spirit and doing everything in your life by the Spirit, being led by the Spirit of the living God. Coming out of a place of being awake, um, of being asleep because of excess fleshly living or soulish living versus living by the Spirit. So we're to arise, to walk in the Spirit in authority. We have to start with ourself, taking authority over ourself. And I'll tell you, the best way to get into a place of abiding, in the, of abiding in the Spirit and taking authority is through fellowship with Christ, is to having intimacy with Him, to desire. The more that you do that, the more that you'll hunger for Him, the more that you'll taste and see that He's good. The more that you, that you go with Him, the more that you walk with Him, the more that you let Him speak to your heart, the more that you get into His Word and let the Spirit of the living God um, anoint the word so that it, you can receive it in your spirit and become that new creature in actuality by his word being formed in you, Christ being formed in you. The more that you do that, 
the more that you're going to be able to rise into authority, to desire to do it. One of the sections of scripture that always stirs me, that always convicts me of these things is in Song of Solomon, chapter 5. And I'm just going to synopsize a little bit verses um, from, the, from the beginning. The Shulamite, who represents the bride, is awakened. She hears her beloved calling her to arise out of bed and come to the door. And she didn't want to get up out of her comfortable bed and put on her garments. She was in her sleeping garments. She's awake, but she chose to stay in that bed of complacency, of earthly-minded flesh, wanting to be comfortable. Likewise, the Word of God tells us in Ephesians 4 and 24 that we put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. We have to put it on, put on the new man as we walk daily to determine and moment by moment not live in the flesh or soulish desires and declaring his authority over ourselves, over our flesh and over our soul that wants to get lazy and back off. We declare that our spirit man, who is one in the glory with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that our spirit man will rule. We're spirit, soul, and body. We're spirit first. So when she finally did rise up and open the door, he had left. He wasn't there. And how many times I have felt convicted by missing an opportunity when I felt him calling me, when I felt him awaken me at the early hours of the morning before dawn. And many times I do get up, but many times I don't. And I'll go, in my mind, I'll go, well, I'll, I'll get up in a minute. And then, I'm, and then I wake up three hours later. And there's always such conviction, not because, like, of sin, but because, oh, I missed an opportunity to spend time with, with the Lord. Because the times that I do do that, he speaks to me and he shows me things. And he takes me into a place where, where I, I am aware of my oneness with him. There are times that, I haven't wanted to go out of my comfort zone, and I've missed opportunities, divine appointments. And I think all of us can relate to that. But here is what happened, which is so beautiful. The myrrh that had been on his hands was dripping on the lock. And that myrrh, that myrrh represents his presence, his fragrance, because he would, he would anoint himself with the myrrh. It's used to anoint and also to embalm in death. It's, it spiritually represents bitterness. And isn't that what happens to us when we know that we've missed a meeting with the Lord, when we've missed what he's calling us out to do, when we've failed? But yet in this beauty of his, of his redemptive purposes for our lives, that fragrance he always leaves behind to woo us, to woo us into the next place, to draw us to repentance and to stir us to follow him. Now here's a little bit of a warning in verse 7. As she went out to try to find him, the watchmen that went about the city found me. They smote me. They wounded me. The keepers of the walls took away my veil from me. And, you know, that's what will happen if we don't, if we don't, if we have a continual habit of life, of not following him, of not arising when he's calling, if not, when he's knocking on the door, not opening to him. When we, when we habitually do that, we're open to attack of the enemy. And Jesus gives us a warning in Matthew 26 and 41 about rising up when he was in the garden in his in his time of of uh, trial and he said to his disciples he asked that he said watch and pray he wanted them to pray with him and they went they all went to sleep 
So then he said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that's clearly stating what I'm talking about here. Our flesh is weak. It doesn't want to do it. It wants to go to sleep. It wants to back off. It wants to be lazy. It wants to be self-absorbed. But he says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. And this is critical because there are many places of temptation. The enemy wants to get us out of the will of God and out of his timing is, are two of the things. Obviously, we know about the temptations of the flesh, that those gross things that, you know, I say gross meaning, you know, because they take us into a place of, of um, excess. Um, really, all sin is, is gross because it takes us into darkness. But anyway, back to this watch and pray. There's an important thing here. Watch. We think of watch as just um, being on guard, which it is. But at the root of it means to rise up. So he's saying rise up and pray. And that root of that in the uh, Strong's Concordance says rise up from obscurity, from inactivity, from ruins, from non-existence. To raise again, to rear up, to rise again, to stand, to take up. We're to take up our mantle, our anointing, our authority and step out into what God is calling us to do. You know, we're in another section of Scripture, we're told to pray without ceasing. And, you know, I just want to make note here that, you know, praying is not, you know, you fold your hands, you go into your prayer closet. Sometimes it is, you know, a determined time of, of truly praying. But praying without ceasing, that would be impossible. What it's talking about there is continual communion. Continual hearing His voice. Continual talking with Him because He never leaves you, forsakes you. He's always with you. Jesus said, Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So the Holy Spirit is always with you. He's your comforter. He's your teacher. He's your helper. So we are to have continual communion and to abide into that in that risen place where he is. And then from that ascended place, we can see the tactics of the enemy where he wants to tempt us. Perhaps if the disciples had risen and stayed awake and prayed, perhaps they would not have all denied him. Just a thought. And I'm reminded of that scripture and the way I think about the rising up, that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, eagles use the adverse winds to rise up. And then from that high place, they can see their prey. They can see like a mile away. A little mouse. I mean, that's incredible. But God is calling us to that. In that place of spiritual um, awakening that place of, of rising up in the spiritual realms to where we're, we're hearing and seeing by the Spirit of the living God, that he will show us tactics of the enemy. And next week I'm going to be talking a bit more about that. But today I'm saying determine to use the adverse winds, to rise on them, you know, rise up. God wants us to, to be victorious in places of adversity. The enemy wants us to be tempted and fail, but God wants us to rise up into authority, to rise up into that place where he is, and to gain the, the knowledge that is necessary to move forward in victory. So here's some really good news. It is God's desire for you to be awakened and to arise to the fullness and the glory of Christ in you. The reality is we sin by falling short of the glory. That's what the scripture tells us. That's sin, falling short of the glory. The reality of who he is in us. And living in that place of obedience to him. Living in that place of oneness with him in the glory. Living in that place of the fullness, of letting the fullness of who he is come forth in our family, 
in our workplace, in our encounters with other people throughout the day, letting him use us. We're vessels to be vessels of honor and not of dishonor, to be vessels of his glory, to be vessels, carriers of his presence. That is what he desires. And the good news is the Holy Spirit will work with us. He's always, God is always working with us. The Holy Spirit convicts us, teaches us, exhorts us, and God has his way in working in our circumstances to bring us out of slumber and get us to a stirring, a place of being stirred, desiring to rise up. You know, sometimes it's, he'll dry up our places of satisfaction. Sometimes he'll bring what seems like an attack of the enemy, but it's actually God trying to redirect you. And I'm telling you, there is a, there is a, a power when you, when you begin to believe that God is always working within you, which is what it tells us in, in Philippians 2 and 13. It is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do you see that? It is God himself. It is that effectual grace within you. It is his spirit within you that is always working in you. Right now he's working in you to get you to that place of being willing to do his pleasure. He will continue to work with you no matter how many times you fail. I mean, and I, I, can, I could spend multiple podcasts telling you how many times I've failed. But God continues to work with us because he has a plan and a purpose for your life. He has a calling upon your life. He has a destiny. And he has things he wants to do through you. And he is always working to that end. So the Spirit of the Lord also told me that this is a year where there will be an increase of angelic activity to awaken and assist us, to bring us to a place of arising. And I'll tell you, since he showed me this, I have seen an increase in that in my life. He is aligning heaven and earth with the angelic assisting to awaken, to arise, and advance his kingdom. And one of the roles of angels is that they are messengers sent forth to minister to the heirs of salvation, we're told in Hebrews 1 and 14. So one of the scriptures that he took me to to really encourage you in this is the in Zechariah 4.1. The angel, this is Zechariah talking, the angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep. Now, if you go back to the previous chapter, you'll see that the angel had been talking with him. He'd been showing him things. But he wasn't asleep. He said the angel came and waked him as a man waketh out of sleep. God's desire for us is to be wakened out of the place of being asleep spiritually and to rise up and see what he's trying to show us. He wants to help us. He wants to show us, to give us, to show us things to come. Subsequent verses show us that the angel opened up the heavenly realms to him in a vision. And one of the essential truths that was opened up is in Zechariah 4 and 6. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, and I declare it unto you, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Let this encourage you with the truth that we don't have to rely on our own might or power, that the spirit of the living God in you will accomplish the work that he has for you. Awaken to the truth that Jesus has all power and authority. He is with you. He will never leave you. And God himself is always at work within you to bring you to a place of being willing and doing his pleasure. God desires this year that we awaken and arise to that ascended place 
of authority. In Ephesians 2, 4 through 7, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, and raised us up together, past tense, and made us, past tense, sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us, toward us in Christ Jesus. And also out of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, this is the intent for which he does this that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places. Again, you're seated with him in heavenly places. So now to show unto the principalities and powers, the wicked rulers of darkness might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. That's his desire. It's time to rise up into that place of authority. It's time to rise up and gain the strategies that we need so that we can show the manifold wisdom of God. It isn't even our faith. That we, that we have to rely on. It's the effectual faith that comes from God through Christ in and through us. It's his faith. We're buried with him in baptism, wherein you're also risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. That's Colossians 2 and 12. Lay hold of his faith. It is effectual and it will bring forth the result he intends. The Lord often speaks to me and dreams and visions, and many of them over the years have been to show me the need to stay in the ascended place. You know, I'll tell you, a, a big part of it is because in my flesh I'm anxious, I'm fearful. So he has shown me over and over again in dreams and visions of when I stay with him, when I abide in him, when I walk with him and keep my eyes on him and don't look too far into the future or off to the sides where all the warfare is taking place, but keep my eyes on him. He will guide me. He will lead me. He will give me the words to say. He will show me what to do. That place of abiding, the ascended place, where we're seated with him. Spiritually, that is true in our authority that he's given, but we have to live from that place here on the earth to bring his kingdom here. In 1 John 2 and 27, we're told, The anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. We have to lay hold, rise up and lay hold of his anointing, his mind, his power. So I'm going to be sharing with you two recent visions. One is this week I'm going to share, and the next one I'm going to share next week that give instruction on what we're to do in the ascended place. So in the first, it's my husband and I, some months ago, were having fellowship in the Spirit, and the Lord took me up into a vision. I was standing with him in an elevated place above the mountains of Israel. The city of Jerusalem was surrounded by people and more were coming. And at that time in the vision, I sensed the verse that tells us that they didn't know the time of their visitation when Jesus wept. And many worldwide are in this place of not knowing the time of their visitation because where evil, evil abounds, grace abounds all the more. That God desires, even in the midst of this darkness, to, to his glory is rising. His glory is being seen and known. So during the vision, I was also very aware that this was foretelling of future times where Jerusalem, excuse me, Jerusalem will be surrounded by armies. But I was unafraid. And this was significant because... In the past, in the natural, when I read those scriptures, I 
feel that fear wanting to come upon me. But he showed me that if I stay in the ascended place with him to watch and wait and obey, there will be no fear. I had no fear in that when I was with him, standing, ascended, seeing, because he was with me. He revealed to me that we're in a critical time, a time to be watchful. Remember, that's, that says rise up. The root of watchful is rise up. Waiting for the word of authority that comes from him, our direction only from him, not to speak a word until he speaks. Then agreeing and decreeing into the atmosphere. The, you know, the reality is in the Hebraic um, language, we're in a decade of pay, which is the mouth. This is a time when it is critical that we speak forth what he tells us to speak. And how we, can we not all agree that we've seen an attack on our speaking, that we've seen an attack on wanting us to be muzzled, where the enemy wants us to be muzzled, where we're under attack for speaking the word of God, for speaking his truth, for speaking the principles in his word. But how important it is that we're obedient and we agree when he shows us what to say. We decree that into the atmosphere because that's where the spiritual um, wickedness is happening. When we speak forth his word, the angels come to bring forth his word and to bring it forth. This is a year to be carefully watching, not reacting in the flesh. And how easy it is to do that. We have opportunities every day to get offended, to get angry. But we operate to be watching from the high, elevated place where he is. And you, when you do that, when you abide with him, when you rise up to where he is, when you arise up into the truth of who you are, when you rise up into the fullness of who he has created you, being, to the, being that new creature, born of the Spirit, you can quickly move into that ascended place. The more that you do that, the more you can quickly move in and out, in and out, in and out. See yourself there. This is reality. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and I'll probably be repeating this a lot. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. All things. You know how we want to get back into our old mindsets? We can't. We have to move forward in the realm of the Spirit. We have to move forward with his instructions. We have to move forward into the truth that we are a new creature. We are born of the Spirit. And 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4. His divine power hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. All things that pertain into every aspect of your life and into how we can have godly character and move forward from that. All things. He's given us his divine power. He's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that has called us unto glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us. Now here's the tool. It's given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these promises you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And that lust is not just sexual lust. That lust is lusting after anything of the, of the world's way of doing things. You know, whether it be, you know, greed, love of money, whether it be lust for power, lust for a lust for worldly authority, lust for fame, all there's all different kinds of lusting after the desires of our flesh and our soul. But through his great and precious promises, we will escape that corruption. We'll be partakers of his divine nature. We're seated with him, but we have to 
let his word dwell on us richly. We have to let Christ be formed in us through his word and through the revelation of the Holy Spirit upon his word and begin to walk out those things that he is putting in us through those great and precious promises. To be partakers of the divine nature, rising up in the promises of God. See yourself seated with Christ in heavenly places. See yourself a new creature, one with him in the glory. He has prayed that, and how many of you know, we all better know, that everything he prays shall come forth. Not one word from him will be returning void. It will accomplish that for which he sent it, for which he spoke it. Not one word from him is idle and inoperative. His words are power. There's spirit in their life. And he has said we are one with him in the glory. Partake of his nature. Next week, I'm going to be continuing this subject of arising. I'll be sharing on walking in the light from the eternal door that is open right now for your life to shift. So I'm going to pray us out. Awake, Lord God, I pray, Father, for a great awakening from spiritual slumber, a great arising, and to be, be aligned in your thinking to the reality of your position of being seated with Christ, one in the glory, where you partake of his divine nature and you take authority over your flesh by letting his spirit within you rule. Move forward into all that he has destined for your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Stirring of the Waters podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit ElaineHaines.com, that's A-L-A-N-E-H-A-Y-N-E-S.com, for books, blogs, and spiritual growth. You can follow me on Facebook and subscribe at CPNShows.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. See you next week for the next episode.